called parthenogenesis. So actually the snake then basically decided it wanted to have a baby, even though it had not had a mate in like 10 years and just said, yeah, now I want to have an egg and just laid an egg and like gave birth to like a, a, and and it was snake. a snake. And it was a snake. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know. So, you know, maybe St. Patrick wasn't totally wrong. Oh, and there's the hook. Oh, hey. Hey, welcome to 10 Random Things, the show that audiences and fans and people who love things are talking about. Rob Cabosco. Kyle Olson. It, we are a little bit. We have we have a little bit of green in the background. That's we right. thought that was appropriate. Exactly. It's 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 St. Patrick's Eve. We're we're celebrating. So you know, hide your snakes. Green. That's and that's not true because I know. There are no, there are no snakes in the. However, I, I will say uh, one of my favorite sort of gags about that is in uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. You travel to Ireland. And there's a whole thing with with snakes where, you, like, in in pots, if you smash a pot, you'll find a snake. You know, like I'd say, fifty percent of the time. If you go to England, you can do it, and you never find one except one. They literally have one snake <laughs> in a pot, and you smash the pot, you kill the snake, and you get an achievement that's like St. Patrick related or whatever. It was, it was really, I was like, that, oh, you guys. Mm. Okay, that's pretty nice. Yeah. Uh, really all right. So we have an interesting show today. Uh, uh, some sad stuff. Yeah, it's, which, a, it's a little somber because a lot of the bad stuff. Have the Ides of March have not been uh, have not been kind. Not been great. Not but been, have not been stabbed in the back by any friends. No, and we but. may uh, we may have some overlap today, True. which I, I assume is fine. Yeah. So I'm starting off with what we're going to just go right into it. First mm-hmm. thing, this is. For those of you who are Lego fans, it is the Lego Sesame Street playset idea set. It is amazing. Yeah. It's. I'm going to switch to the camera because you got to see what we've got. What we've got for you here. Because there's a little extra little bonus that uh, you. Uh, so no, as great as this is, there's you see Bert and Ernie, yep. there's Elmo, there's a little bit of Mr. Hooper. You turn it around. Uh, pay no attention to that big black. Yeah, yeah um, that's that's, that that's stick not that's part there, of the set, right? That's not there. Here's why this is cool. It, not only just because it's Lego, because it's Sesame Street, it has, and I and I knew this was going to happen. Yeah, never want to need it. Pay attention. Oh, oh, look at that! And it lights up. Yeah. This is an add-on third-party yeah. light-up kit. You can see. Bricks Max. Look, look at the the the, sure. the light yeah. on their tabletop. Yep. And across the top there, and you can see. The, I love the the street light. I like you know, the actual. Where the Sesame Street sign is, that lights up. That's great. There's even some animation going on. It's an Abby Cadabra signs purple on the side. Uh, I love this set. Now, here's something. That, here's something a lot of people might not know. Mm-hmm. This was an idea set. A Lego designer went ahead and designed it. Lego selected this. People yeah. voted. They were able to make it. It was wonderful. I love it. But this was not what it was originally supposed to be like. No, uh, the original design was so much cooler. And of course, it would have ended up being a $300 set. Well, like because that. it was based on something else. Oh, okay. Oh, yes. Oh, I had on this. this. I had this when I was a kid. So you have to love yeah. this version. This is. Uh, uh, yeah, so I should hold it up for you. That's little people? Right. Is that what. Do I that. forget there's, what the little people is. Yeah, little people. I was little people. Yep. And they're still in here. So we got. There's your there's your Ernie. We'll pull we'll them out here. We'll put them we'll on, the, on, the, on the thing cam. Late. Great, Mr. Hooper. Oh, uh, Mr. Hooper. Yep. There's Cookie Monster. Oh, the Cookie Monster I always loved. Because he was nicely. The biggest of birds there. There's Big Bird. I think that's all the characters. Oh no! Oh, there's a there's a Bob in here. 
Uh, I believe we got Bob. And, Bob. I, and I hope. There goes Bob. Bob's Sorry, Bob. Bob's gone. Or I'll get. I'll get, I'll get Bert. <laughs> Bob, there's, there's, there's Bert. The there's the sign. <laughs> oh, and there's Gordon. We have Gordon. We got all yeah. of these guys. Bob is on the tour right now. He's so you can't come out at the moment. We, there's no, there's no elegant stuff. way there's to do that. Uh, yep, this no, set disappear. And... Every child uh -huh. of late '70s, early '80s yep. has fond memories of this set. The cool thing about it was, was that yes, mm -hmm. you have the iconic Sesame Street with Mr. Hooper's store. Right. You turn it around. Uh -huh. I'm gonna lose the sanitation. Yeah, this all, I can't believe you have all the, the stuff. Oh yeah, too. you've got yeah, you got a chalkboard the... in the middle. Yep. Yeah, for like little messages. For real chalkboard. You've got Bert Ernie's place. Mm -hmm. You've got, oh, you know who we forgot? Oh, did we forget someone? Oh, forgot. I forgot, I forgot. I forgot. That's right, Oscar's in there. Oscar's That's in right. there. He was this, he was this, and this actually is very much like the Lego set, which I think is kind of neat. He yeah. is just a little character uh -huh. inside. Scram! Inside that. I adore this set. This was not the original one I had when I was a child. Oh, it's not? I, okay. when my daughter was about one, I went, I went searching eBay. eBay. Yeah. I found one very complete, very yeah. hard to yeah. find one where this hasn't been chewed up, up by an animal. That's right. Yeah, or worn off. Or something. Yeah. The thing I mean, that all always your, all your, like, stickers, actually, like, stickers are the outside stickers are fine. The foam oh, sponge yeah. that is the mattress yeah. for Bert and Ernie. Yeah, it's going to, yeah, I, there's no way that was going to That was never going to work. But look at, the, look at the stickers on the... Oh uh, yeah! Right. Like there's there's, those, a, this, there's, there's a, that. the lunchtop counters in here. Oh, I remember nice. this because I remember because in, in, in playing this, this became a spaceship for me very quickly. Because I mean, I mean, it really, it looks like a you know Star Wars Star Speed or something like that. So I would put my little people on and have them racing off on adventures. Uh, so here's the story. The sad news. Why are we reminiscing about about uh, Sesame Street? We, we lost one of the original cast members of, of Sesame Street, one of the live action performers that uh, we grew up with uh, seeing. So, unfortunately, Luis, so Emilio Delgado. Emilio Delgado. Uh, was, was unfortunately, lost his, lost his battle with uh, blood cancer. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. 81. He was 81 years old. 81. Amazing, amazing performer. He played, let's see, my, my numbers said that he had, he was the, the person who played a Hispanic character for longest because oh, basically wow. it was 44 years he portrayed Luis on the show. So he has that as Guinness or whatever it is, like as the record because that he he was continually you know working that entire time oh. as that character. Profound impact. Yeah. I think anyone again who grew up in that period, yeah. I mean, with Mr. Rogers and everything else, but Sesame Street, that core group of Sesame Street characters yeah. really was important, especially for diversity when diversity was not. Yeah. And as someone as, as someone then? grew up in suburban Indiana, I, I guess I I did not see a lot of Hispanic people. Right. So having this guy who was my friend because he talked to me, like he you know turned the camera and would like you know say welcome and, and all these things, like that was sort of the first experience I had with a like, Hispanic man in my life on right. a regular basis before right. you know I finally got to go out and see more of the wide world and not just the the boring suburban neighborhood that I grew up out of in. Indiana, so, out, yeah, of out of Indiana, out exactly. of Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah. Same. So I mean, like representation matters, and like it matters in both ways. No, absolutely. Uh, great just gratitude yeah. uh, for Mr. Delgado, yeah. his performance, uh, what he meant for yeah. generations of children. Do you know uh, about he... the tribute that's on set? No. Oh, I, I, I'm lucky enough to have oh. a friend who is a, a performer on Sesame Street. I don't want to out them. Oh, wow. <laughs> because they, like, they're not supposed to talk about all okay. that kind of stuff. But on, and, and they post on social media, so this isn't a secret. Um, 
She has told me some secrets that I'm not going to. Yeah, sure. Um, but uh, on the steps, like on the thing, on the, the steps going up to the thing, they have a guitar with his hat on oh. it. And so you'll see it in the episodes that on. And they post it, like I said, you can see it on Instagram. They post it, but that'll be in the episodes. Like, oh, that's fantastic. So I don't know. I don't know if they're directly, direct, they're directly addressing it. And they, they did, obviously, we all. Experience a loss of Mr. Sure. Hooper, and yep. like you know, and we got to see Big Bird having to to learn about the fact that he's not coming back. He's not right. on vacation. He's you know he's gone. Right. Uh, so I don't know if they're going to do that again too, because they have shifted to a much more um, emotional based thing. I mean, like they're they're less about. Right. I mean, they still numbers and letters and stuff too, but they want to actually have kids much more emotionally prepared for the world now. So I mean, I think Seth Rogen's doing fantastic stuff, and yeah, I guess you know, as much as we like to rag on some of the social media stuff. I mean, all the the uh, the companies, HBO Max, like they oh, stepped yeah. up and they oh, yeah. really helped the children's television workshop yeah. to keep Sesame Street going. So I mean, like right now, if you're an HBO Max fan, like all the Sesame Street, and and here's the thing, um, if you want to watch classic episodes of <laughs> Sesame Street, you can, and no one can stop you. So if you're home and you're lonely and you're thinking about your your youth or whatever, you can go back and watch episodes from just about any era. And see that if you want to look back at the Monster yeah. Arms Hotel, yeah. you can do that. If you want, you know, is go the R two D two when R two D two that's right. The, showed up. That's right. And there's, the, I mean, there was that uh, that that robot that was around for a while. Yeah. Remember that one? Uh, like the, yeah. I mean, all the, I mean, you know, the, or, the Adventures of Super Grover. Right. All those things are on there. So I mean, like you know, no one can stop you from going back and being nostalgic and and you know reliving these things and seeing you know Luis uh, back in the, doing the thing that he loved. Absolutely. So. And that, so awesome. my, my action ties into that too, as we're still talking. I figured about we would have we would have yes. a little bit of so because I brought this. Oh. So they just recently had their 50th anniversary, but this is actually the 40th anniversary book. Uh, so this is oh, wow. a, a pretty this is a, a pretty monstrous tome. And so I have a couple of Sesame Street books, but this is one of my favorites just because oh, there's my cheat sheet. Um, the then here is like you you get to see all these great great pictures and like there's there's some of the, the music then too. I mean there's. Uh, Carol. Uh, I mean, that's it. So they have like whole pages just devoted to individual performers and Muppeteers. There. Oh, look, there's there he is right there in the famous wedding episode. Don't drop the ring, Elmo. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh my God, that's awesome. Oh, Marty, uh, who's still working on the show. Uh, let's see, we've got. I mean, there's oh, there's R two, there's R two D and C three PO. Yeah, exactly. There you go. See, we were just talking about that. And there they are. I mean, all these different. Oh, look, there's C's for Cookie. I mean, there's just this is a this is a great great book. I mean, there's tons of stuff. There's also a another book out there called Sesame Street Unpaved. If you don't want to go for like this this giant of a thing. Oh, there's some around the world. I always thought that was interesting. I wish they would have more crossovers. You know, I was sort of curious what they were doing in other countries, but. Uh, and there he is. And Super Grover. We've hit it all. Right. Um. Yeah. It's this, a great book. This is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. These coffee table books. I know, I love them. And, and, and the nice thing about them is they technically have, oh, Stephanie DeBruzio, there you go. She actually uh, helped create Avenue Q. And there's Steve Whitmire, who was oh. fired as Kermit. Oh. <laughs> but see, yeah, has a long, distinguished career as a as a Muppet performer. Um, uh, yeah, so they, they, they tend to have a short shelf life. Uh, you yeah. know, like because they take up a lot of room and so right. But the nice thing is, is they'll hit the secondary market that much cheap, and you can get them cheaper. So for those of us who are bargain hunting, uh, you can actually end up getting these books. And what I, like what I did at um, half price books or Bookmans or whatever else the the discount books are okay. in, in your neighborhood is. Sidebar in your neighborhood. In your neighborhood. Sidebar. On yes. This. Mm -hmm. I look at a pay. I look at a book like this. <laughs> this is about three hundred pages. Yeah. Is it harder to produce and design this book 
or is it harder to produce a 90 minute documentary? <laughs> because I'm not, I'm yeah. not sure. This, yeah. this took so much effort yes. and time. Yes. To I mean, that's, that's, I mean, obviously design this, each time, page. this was 40 years of history. They were doing too to find all the different, Oh, this is such, Oh, uh, I know there's gems. Look at this. Look at that. Page I hope Kermit the Frog here. Look at there he is, my hero Jim Henson. But I but I love I love this composition. I love yep. the pull quotes. Yep. I know. I, I love the design of this. Like I said, I I, I looked at Sesame Street Unpaved, which I have as well, and I really just love the design of this one so much that I wanted to bring this and show it off. I I, I would assume that there's a 50th anniversary book out there. I don't I don't know for sure. I, I can't believe they wouldn't. Wow. But I know there's a 50th anniversary wow. celebration. So even if you don't want to go back and watch episodes. Uh, HBO Max also has the 50th anniversary special that was on, uh, which has a bunch of really, really amazing cameos that people they got to, to come out. Um, and um, there is a uh, document. There's a there's a great book called Street Gang, and they made a really good documentary about that too, about the actual making of it too. So you get to find out some of the people because we all know Jim Henson and, and Frank Oz and that kind of, and and the amazing performers. But there's like a whole group of educators and stuff that helped come up with the idea and the concept of the show before it even got that far. And so Street Gang talks about that part of it and it's it's really good too. So that's that's another documentary that's out there as well. So outstanding. Sesame Street. Ah. Uh, all right, we have some uh, some new stuff to talk about. I have a small Ooh, okay. box. This you'll know what this is immediately when you see it. Oh yes! <laughs> For those of you <laughs> to who, send out the call <laughs> who are Marvel Cinematic uh, Universe fans, that's this right. is a prop replica. Yep. Hot Toys made this, yeah. But um, this is, and here I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the thing cam okay. so you can see this. It has a feature. There it is. Okay. So like, so, like oh no, I'm being dusted. I, I need to it's send a signal. I need to. And if you press a button, uh, you can see. Oh, there you go. Yeah. You can see that there's lights blinking lights. Yep. This lights up. Uh huh. And I think if you press it again, then the red lights. Stay on. Okay. Um, nice. That is the, I, the pager that Nick Fury used at the end of Infinity War when he was being dusted to summon Captain Marvel. I can remember coming out of the theater and I heard a lot of people like, oh, what's going to happen? What is that pager thing? Yeah. And for people who didn't know Captain right, Marvel. Because exactly, it was just right. her symbol. It was before her movie had come out, right? Oh, yeah. This was yeah. before. This was before I'm trying to remember movie. the timeline of it. Yes. Yeah, right, because Captain Marvel came out between. Right. Uh, okay, so we're bringing this <laughs> it's so, up. It's so simple. It's so stupid. Oh. I love this so much. I love this so much. So yeah. there was a so trailer. What? So you also set out the signal because that I was just about to get to yeah. that. So the trailer. So the trailer I'm is. To cue you I know. I know. The the, the trailer uh, is is dro just dropped yeah. of Ms. Marvel, right. which plays into this because she has an certainly has a a uh, affection for Captain Marvel. Yes. And uh, it played very much in the trailer. I thought the trailer was great. It I did is too. they brought back some fantastic uh, 80s music. Yeah. Say. Well, yeah, and, uh, and they also that was uh, Blinding Lights by the weekend, which also uses the the same riff as Take on Me. So that was uh, uh, so it's a nice yeah, combination yeah, yeah, of yeah. the two things on there. So. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I I thought it was great. I, I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was a really cool trailer. Someone in the comments or like uh, the, one of the reviews said, "This looks like Scott Pilgrim meets Sky High," and I was like, "Yeah, that sounds amazing." Yeah, I, like, exactly. I love both of those movies. That would be great. It is uh, June eighth. The series starts. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't know how many episodes yet. We don't. But uh, somewhere between six and eight usually is how they've been running. Looks fantastic. Yeah. I think one of the neatest things is that when they close the trailer, mm -hmm. it ends with the shot of her on the street lamp. Directly yeah. taken from the comic. Yep, yep. Jamie McKelvey art. Uh, I'm excited for the show. I'm excited for 
the diversity, mm-hmm. we, especially yeah. because they are embracing, yeah. you know, we've had, okay, so in this example, the character is Muslim. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we have that. You've had characters. You've had Daredevil, who is Catholic. Yeah. You totally expand yeah. that diversity portrayed. Yeah, because uh, that's one of the things of uh, Kamala. Kamala. They say it in the trailer. Now yeah, I've in my head about I know. it. <laughs> Kamala. Kamala. Kamala is the vice president. I know. And that's, so Kamala is. And that the, was the joke the that thing. they yeah, made. Yeah, I know. That's really the joke. And that's now I'm like in my head. I'm, I'm playing it backwards and I'm trying to make sure I don't, I don't do it wrong. Because you get written so many times, then you have to actually say it. Um, not only that, that, that I say, the Muslim, being Muslim is a part of her character and a part of her story and stuff too. So I think that's interesting they put that on there. But not only is the do we see the trailer um, all new, like you say, like a, a different area of the of, of the MCU, but also a whole new group of actors. Like uh, for me, at least. There's not one recognizable face. I mean, like, no. I, I'm looking forward to Moon Knight. Love Oscar Isaac. You know, like I totally think that's really great. But like to see this entire thing and they show like the principal cast. I'm like, oh, I've never seen any of these people before. This is this is exciting because yes. this is this could be like first time, first break for all of these people. Yes. And then you also don't have any preconceived notions sort of going in of like you expect a certain level or whatever. I'm like they're all new. I'm I'm, I'm super excited about. It. Yeah, it looked it looked fun and interesting and like something we hadn't seen before. They've doing a, a whole high school thing we haven't seen. We, we missed that with Spider-Man. Like Spider-Man oh, barely spent any time in high school, but now we're going to get to see the real high school experience of her. And a huge difference in her powers, too. What I'm excited about is to see how this connects to the movie. Yes. So we have, which everyone thought was going to be Captain Marvel 2, it yeah. is actually the Marvels. Right. And so three. I am curious to see how they lay the, the stones to get to that movie, because I think that's what this is for. So yeah, true, and, and they have uh, changed her powers. So that I think to to tie in the, because in the original comics she was a an Inhuman. She was exposed to the Terrigen mists. Mm. Uh, for those of you who watched Inhumans, and I'm I'm sorry <laughs> if you did, <laughs> but for those of you who watched Agents of Shield, yay! They made a big deal of that too. That was how she got her powers. But in this, it seems that she has the bands. So are those the Nega bands? Are those the Quantum bands? I I, I don't know. But like there, I think that's interesting that that's where she's getting her powers, and she also doesn't have the shapeshifting. She's got some kind of force fieldy type of thing. I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how that goes because as we've seen multiple times, uh, you know, stretchy powers on screen. Okay. In comics, great. Video games, great. In uh, live action, it's not a negative because they're going to do it right. But I got a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of Green Lantern, Green Lantern vibes. I, yeah, I kind of thought that too. Yeah, a little and, bit. and I wasn't worried. Yeah. They, they can but a little it. bit. Yeah, they could they could do it right. But I, I think you're right, because yeah. if they are doing the Nega bands, Quantum bands, which are Kree technology, that is kind of what those are like. Is sure. They were sort of Marvel's answer to the, the, the ring of the Green Lantern. So there is some, there's we'll some DNA in there, so some creative dueling between Looking them. forward to it June 8th, Disney+. Sure. Plus. Yep. Yeah. All right, so that I got. So, yes, okay, so... Um, uh, I, I am uh, trying to rec- uh, fix some oversights. I realized that uh, in uh, my 14-year-old daughter, I've been showing her a ton of stuff, and I realized that there are actually some gaps uh, because over the weekend, we watched The Adam Project. And so that was with uh, Ryan Reynolds and Mark Ruffalo, um, uh, and Jeffrey Garner, uh, and it was a time travel thing, and they made a bunch of jokes about Back to the Future 2, and I realized oh, I've never shown her Back to the Future 2. So we watched Back to the Future 2, which, of course, features 
a hoverboard. <laughs> nice. So this is actually from uh, a loot crate. This is QMX. Uh, so quantum mechanics, they are great at making this kind of stuff. So it actually is mounted sort of on the thing. So you actually can see on the bottom. It actually has all the features and stuff on there. Uh, they, do not, uh, they don't have the Mattel logo on there, obviously, because it was not <laughs> that officially branded. But this was just like a fun little thing they, they, they put out just as a, as a bonus thing on there. So you can see the hoverboard. Because also in the Adam Project, there are hoverboards. Because <laughs> they, they pretty much uh, took from everything. They're like... Uh, the lightsabers, stabs, uh, hoverboards, uh, time travel, uh, yeah, we want all of it. <laughs> but yeah, so I actually then showed her Back to the Future 2, uh, which my wife refused to watch again because she doesn't like that one. She, likes, she only likes the ones that are, you know, the odd numbered. Uh, so yeah, she's going to come join us again when we uh, go back to 1885 to rescue Doc Brown. This is awesome. Yeah, it's this pretty, was pretty good. Crate? Yeah, that was a loot crate. It was a loot crate, but it's from QMX. QMX does some really amazing stuff. They've done a ton of great stuff for Firefly and slash Serenity over the years. I've got a bunch of stuff from there. Um, yeah, it was just another like in the box. It was just one of those things, and I've I've had it ever since. There's a bunch of that stuff that just I'm just like, oh, this is great, and whoosh, off it goes. But I've had this on my shelf for for years. I mean, loot crate. This was back in loot crate's prime. So what, five five six years ago? Yeah. I mean, it's just a it's just a fun. Little thing. I guess you could mount it, but I just usually have it sitting, just sitting on the shelf because it's got little feet, so you can just like set on the base. But I love that. Okay, there's so the much mirror, detail. Yeah, yeah, the mirror, so you can actually look. You, like right now, you can, as you're seeing, you can see the bottom of it. Yeah. Having to. You're, there's so much detail under it, and yeah. I love that the mirror is there to kind of bounce off. Okay, that's fantastic. Yeah. It would be fun if it came off. I know. I know. But yeah, it's it's for everything. So did did you see Adam Project? Okay, uh, no, okay. because we had we took we picked two movies to watch over the weekend. Okay, one we'll talk about later. <laughs> the other one is let's just say was a uh, uh, what the fifth sequel of a certain horror franchise, <laughs> and I'm not going to name it. <laughs> yeah, because I'm not going to talk about it. Okay, because I want to be positive. Okay, well then then I guess I should stop talking about Adam Project because. Oh no! It was it was it oh, was, wait, fun. No, it was. I thought it was, I was, no. Project, it was it was fine. It was. I mean, as as most of I'm kind of hot and cold on Sean Levy. I think he has some brilliant brilliant stuff. And then every once in a while, he'll do something that I'm just like, okay, that that happened. And Adam Project just sort of like starts out, <gasps> and then by the time he gets the third act, I was like. Boy, you just don't know how physics works, do you? Oh, well, I didn't think I... I, I mean, I want to see it. But yeah. the, the, all the performers are great. They're really, and it has some really... It has nice stuff. But it's sort of by the time they get the third act, they sort of have thrown away all of the Back to the Future type of emotional kind of stuff. And they're just like, and now a bunch of things explode. And oh. uh, and they they go along with, I think it was Fast and the Furious 9, that they don't understand how magnets work. So the whole thing, I was like, but... You, that wouldn't. So the whole, the whole final climax. I couldn't, I couldn't get over it because I'm like, that's not, that's, that's not how that's not how. <laughs> yeah. So, but but beyond that, the performers are all great, and of course now he's uh, he's going to be making the Deadpool movie. So, and our next thing. Uh, okay, so I am uh, loving as we found out last episode or one of the previous episodes, uh, I'm starting to really love the reaction figures from Super 7. Oh, Super 7. Man. They may they may be getting regular funds from me <laughs> on a regular basis. Okay. So today... Oh, I did not even know these existed! 
they have from like, like a, oh, there's our for the big guy, and there he is there right he is. over my shoulder. Right. And now here's a miniature. So this is a a three pack, and when and oh, I know okay. we said I know I got a little too excited last time about the the Star Trek figures about the card art. Yeah. This oh, art, yeah, this card art's great. It, it's now it's the, it's the three panels that appear. Yep, so, yep. We'll, so yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll put on these the, on the way here. So if we go to thing cam, so you can see here, and it's actually what is awesome about this, it's the whole three ways he appears in the movie. Right. So yeah. when he's found, mm -hmm. when he's does he have the dent in his head? Oh, he does. Oh, he has oh, the dent in the head. Nice job. The Superman, and this yep. one comes with Hogarth. Oh, Hogarth. I was going to say to scale. And then there, he's a little, little bit, little big, little big. Superman, and yeah. the first time I've ever mode. seen yeah. the battle mode. And note, it has all the detail on the arms, the head, the 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 calves, yeah. like the shins. I mean, like, wow, absolutely fantastic. Why am I bringing up Iron Giant? It's not just because of these figures. It's there was a thing that came out. A oh. uh, little props to Andy Nelson. Oh, okay. Uh, one of the godfathers of the next reel, a family next of film reel. Podcasts. Ding. Um, Up at the quarter, I wasn't putting. I would let. It's in my. That's yeah, over. Over. It's his right hand. here. Yeah. Uh, this week on March eleventh, uh, a new Ooh, scores come out. Great. I have a representative, yeah. a, rep, a paper representation of this because yeah. I have an Apple Music subscriber. It's on Apple Music. Yeah. It is the deluxe. From Michael Kamen, the deluxe score of the Iron Giant. Oh, I'm so glad. That this they, whenever, is whenever they do that for any movie. Fantastic. I'm so glad they get all the music out there. It has all the renditions of the uh, the little uh, stop, drop, and roll, like the uh, you know duck and cover, duck ah, and okay. cover. It has that. It has the stuff from the deleted scenes. It has all the full orchestrations of the entire movie. Nice. Never before some extra cuts. Yeah. It is absolutely fantastic. I am a, have profound love for this movie. I, I honestly, These are really cool. I mean, like I have, and you, and you say like the the front, of the I'm trying to not do the glare. The front card art then is on the back too. They have the three. I would love these as posters. Yeah, that, I mean, like just as prints, those would be great too. And I love even in the the in that one that he's slightly posed differently. Like you get to yes. see, you can see like his. Uh, see the. Yeah. 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 See how he's like got his head up and yes. he's, he's in that pose. Like he's like the big guy back there. I'm. Yeah, I, I'm I, by I this. had not even seen these. That's really cool. So this is this is great because like with this with Star Wars like Star Trek I should say the um, Star Wars is a, a thousand things. Star Trek we had the Playmates figures and then we get the reaction ones. And I'm like okay we we've done this before but like Iron Giant never got these kind of figures. Oh, yeah. So this is really cool to have them in this sort of style just because they never got to have this kind of stuff because like we talked about on the on the podcast the other day like they. They, like it was a it was a failure. It was a it was a well, flop. it was a flop when it came. There out. were figures. They were not. They were not like this. And you could only find them at a particular place called Warner Brothers Store that no longer exists. <laughs> and rest in peace, Warner Brothers. That was that. So um, Iron Giant Deluxe Edition score available now. Check that out. I like it. So the big box. Um, yes. So uh, no more. Um, Unfortunately, more sad news because we we lost someone else uh, oh. this week that was very important to us, and that was William Hurt, who of course starred in a little movie called The Hulk. <laughs> so this, and for those of you who are longtime fans oh. of ours, uh, from uh, <laughs> for the this he made a cameo several times on uh, Marvel Movie Minute on the other. So this is uh, from 1996. I bought him brand new from KB Toys. 
I oh. was on there, so let's see. Let's show him action. So there you go. Get close to the camera, and then. Oh, look at the mouth! I know. But the thing is, what <laughs> what we found that uh, Justin and I found that we worked together at KB is you can just like trigger it. <laughs> so like, what you learn to do is hold down the thing so he has this night one. So this was actually a a rage cage. Good. Uh, he's like a rage cage Hulk, which I found out was a recurring thing because when I did my internet research, it turns out they've been making rage cage Hulk since like the 70s. Like every toy line that comes out with. So this was from Toy Biz uh, back in the day. And so there was one that actually came in a cage and he had the purple pants, which was great, but he had a yellow shirt, which was weird. And you would actually trigger the thing and the cage would blow apart as if he had aged out of it. And we thought, boy, that's kind of lame. So they actually put out a second one without the cage that was slightly cheaper, and so that's the one that I got. I think I believe Justin, my friend, uh, got one as well, but I don't think he still has it. I kept mine around, so I still have my, my Hulk. And so, yeah, we, we talked a lot about William Hurt because obviously he played General Thunderbolt Ross uh, yeah. on the, uh, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and, and several other you know, things, including Black, Black Widow most recently. Um, but, uh, yeah, we talked a lot about him on there, and so, like, you know, as a tribute to... To him, and to remember yeah. our time talking <laughs> for like two hundred episodes about incre the Incredible Hulk. No, movie. Incredible Hulk, Marvel <laughs> movie minutes, yeah. season two, with right. the Incredible Hulk. Um, obviously, it was very sad. He was older than I thought. Yeah, he's in his. He's was he eighty one too? I like, believe. Yeah, I thought he was in his late seventies. Might be seventy nine. Might be seventy nine. Unfortunately, yeah. I've been losing so many people. Right. It's, it's I, 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 the numbers get all jumbled together in my head. So, do you think that they had plans to do anything? I don't know. The thing is, like, there, there, there was the whole Red Hulk thing we was talking about. So, like, was he going to make a cameo in the She-Hulk series? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, had he shot anything? We, I guess we don't really we don't, know. We don't know. Uh, That's yeah. a great figure. But yeah, so I've been, I've been hearing. And, of course, there's, there's always that tendency to, you know, um, uh, when someone dies to, like, say all the good things. And I, I have heard a couple of negative things. Apparently he, was, uh, he could okay. be challenging to work with. Sure. But I also heard a, a, really, uh, a really nice story that someone had had told years ago on Twitter and came up again about how they were in a production in Chicago and William Hurt talks about how he never got to go to shows anymore, like see really interesting plays. And they sent him a letter saying, you should come see our show. And he went, okay. Well, by the time he got there, the show was like, it was still running, but no one was coming. Like they, 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 the audience were getting smaller and smaller. And they said they got to the point where they had to, every night they had to go, well, there's going to be more of us on stage than in the audience. Should we actually do this? And, and the day he showed up, he was the only audience member that showed up for the show. And they're like, well, it's William Hurt, so here we go. Oh, we're doing and this. Did it. Oh, we're and, totally it, and it was a three-hour play, a serious drama, not even a comedy, a three-hour show, and they did the whole thing for as a like almost like a command performance for William Hurt. Wait, that speaks very highly of him. Yes. That he stayed. No, yeah, now that's not, cool. Not only that, but then he actually afterwards he like went up on stage with them, and actually they said the lights came up, and he's in tears. Like he was just so emotionally affected by things, and then just sat for like three or four hours and just talked theater, just talked shop with them Wait, the entire that's time. Amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. So like I said, I, I actually heard someone else tell another story that was not quite as complimentary. So you know, there's a mixed thing. But you know, to, to say that. Uh, Obviously, he's, he was a, a giant in the industry. He's been, done a ton of amazing work. Uh, he was in Dune, for goodness sakes. Uh, <laughs> the original Dune, not the new one. Um, uh, so it's a, it's a big loss for all of us. So we're, we're yeah. thinking about William Hurt and, and all the people who loved him. So, um, 
Wow, we've hit we've hit maybe the most uh, maudlin uh, episode. Yeah, yeah I because yeah, a lot of a lot of yeah. You know, because my next thing, week, yeah, I will begin with. Oh yeah, hey yo. Oh yeah. <laughs> Which yep. I mean, there it is. So, Razor Ramon. Uh, let me let me put him in. Unfortunately, this week we lost Scott Hall, and this is his WWE character, Razor Ramon, the bad guy. Bad guy. Uh, this is a. Oh, I want to say it's an elite figure because it's really got. It's got a pretty. It's got pretty good details. Pretty I mean, good detail. I mean, like he he was a astute man, so you can see he had a very hairy chest. Yes, <laughs> but he's got the chains. He's got the he's got the razor blades on the knee pads. Yeah. This was probably yeah. WWE is not known for its subtlety. So well, okay. So here's a couple things to say about Scott Hall. Yeah. First of all. Yeah. Uh, everybody's got demons. Everybody's got sure. stuff. He's, he has he, he had some rough times. Stuff. Yes, but from what I understand, had sort of like overcome a lot of that stuff in, in the way as much as you can. And in the last part of his life, was living a pretty happy, pre- peaceful life. A- a- absolutely. Here's I'm going to. Oh, get there you go. Oh, there That's there nice. we are. Oh, All right. No, no, he's good right there. So he he had. Re- I think a lot of his his contemporaries basically were like, look, he he really got his stuff together at the end. He had a, a fortunate complications from a recent surgery. Yes. Suffered a few heart attacks mm-hmm. and was put on life support uh, and passed away on Monday. A couple things to say about this. Yep. One, incredible character of Razor Ramon. Mm-hmm. The Razor's Edge, which is this amazing finishing move. Yeah, and put he, him on his back and bring it, him forward. Lay him, put them down on like on the back of their shoulders. Yeah. Uh, the character was great. He had the toothpick. He's, everybody knows that. Everybody who was watching wrestling in the in the early 90s, you know, like that whole part, you remember the, him. The early part of the Attitude Era, I yes. think, right? Yes. Because I mean, then, obviously, he, he shifted companies. Well, and here's the thing that's amazing is this character was so important along, along with uh, Kevin Nash, who was playing Diesel at the time. Mm-hmm. These characters were such a big deal that when they left... They hired people to play these characters, yeah. and you can't do that. Yeah. It was a disaster. Yeah, it was a huge, Then huge it was always a, deba- yeah, a complete debacle. Yeah. He and Kevin Nash, they become the outsiders in WCW. They changed the entire wrestling business. I would say that they are probably some of the key people, along with a few others, that have obviously improved or definitely have improved the working conditions for people in the wrestling business. Just because yeah. of... Still not fantastic, not, but not better. It's not completely good, but it's getting there. What a just yeah. what a great character! Did you ever see Razor Ramon wrestle? Like you, you've been to a couple live things. Oh yeah. Did you ever see? Okay, him? now I don't specifically remember it, but I would assume I have. Okay. Because I went to enough things. Like I went yeah. to a SummerSlam once. Yeah. So there was a period in there where I was going to all the because they were touring around a lot. I never saw Razor Ramon, but I did see Scott Hall. So uh, I was uh, in the time during the uh, Nitro Wars, uh, which was WCW versus WWE. Uh, I was on the WCW side. That's sort of what brought me back into wrestling because right. all the guys right. that I had that are fans of were now at WCW and not over at WWE. So when he was with the Outsiders, him and Helen Ash. Uh, you know, and the NWO, uh, that's where I saw him wrestle. And so it was, uh, yeah, I was lucky enough to actually get to see them perform live. And so I did watch Kevin Nash um, <laughs> powerbomb Rey Mysterio Jr., which is, <laughs> he was, he's a seven-foot guy, and like he can lift Ray way up high. I mean, that's like 10 feet in the air before he come down. Yeah, was, yeah. yes, he was. Yeah. I, but So uh, the the one story I had heard of, of Scott Hall that was interesting was on from... Um, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, he actually said that uh, they were talking about who sold the Stone Cold Stunner Banner. So 
Let's talk about selling here for a minute. So, wow, so, this is a great story. Right, well, that's the thing. So we, so obviously, there's there's different levels, and, and every, I know I'm sorry if you if you're not a wrestling fan, but there are different levels of wrestling fan. There's the people who, you know, sort of like believe that this is really Razor Ramon and not a performer named Scott Hall, and you know that kind of stuff, where they believe that. That like, oh, he really beat him in that match. No. <laughs> and so there's the the second level is sort of that when you know, oh, okay, this is a really good performance. You're putting on a great performance, nice job, like, and you're watching, you're sort of watching two professional athletes, you know, com- working together to put on a great show. And then like sort of the third level is when you're watching them talk to each other and communicate with each other and also try and mess with each other. So when they get to the, that level, then they they sort of start messing with each other. And so the, what they do is what they call selling. So selling, the big thing is like, like someone hits you and selling is how much impact you take on it. And so the big thing with selling is when you do a finishing move, you have to like really like, oh, like it was the most painful thing in your entire life. But when they've been done it so many times, they would start messing with each other and overselling. And so one of the things Stone Cold Steve Austin said, one of his favorite oversells of all time was Scott Hall when he would take the Stone Cold Center. Stone Cold Center was, he, uh, so Austin would kick somebody in the stomach, they would bend over, he would grab their head and drop to the ground. And so the idea is then like, most people would just like, ugh, and they'd just roll off onto the side, but not Scott Hall. <laughs> Scott Hall would pop up in the air as like, oh, like it's so much force, and then, and then basically flop onto his back. And so like every time he did it, you can watch their compilations on YouTube of him just coming, and, and he did it just to mess with Austin, just to make him laugh. And you can actually see Austin break a couple of times. It's, it's really, really funny. It's pretty ridiculous to the point that when he, when he does it, his toes go down, yeah. like he's literally ejecting off. Yeah. It's yeah, he totally threw, yeah, it's great. He, and he did, he did it for the Rock and stuff too. I mean, like it was interesting because interesting to, to like when you get to that level where you're sort of watching yes. them sort of work with each other. Yeah, so he was uh, from uh, obviously you know had his had his demons, but like in the ring, um, all the people oh. that worked with him said that he was a. a Consummate professional, and you know, like the, you know, when when he showed up, <laughs> he was there for them. So yeah, it was a, yeah, it was a big deal for us. Like we were big fans of his back in the day, so it was a big loss for that. So you know, the, the NWO will never be the same. Absolutely. All right. All right. Let's move on. So uh, a, this is also kind of a, a weird maudlin sort of in, in between thing. But is a, there more? Uh, well, no, 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 no more death. Uh, however, slight bit of controversy. So oh. uh, that's not what we're ending with. I have a better one for that. But um, this is this this uh, last thing was the anniversary of a a show that was extremely important to me. Uh, I, you know, that was uh, it changed uh, the trajectory of my life. That like really meant a lot to me. Twenty fifth anniversary of. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So, Buffy the Vampire. So I brought, because what more appropriate, the Sunnydale High School Yearbook. Oh my! Yeah. So this was one of the things they put out during the time of the show. That's great. Now, yeah, but these are actually all written in character with different things. So there's Principal Snyder, there's Oz, there's Cordelia, there's even Angel wrote in this. I, I think this is meant to be. Buffy's, uh, well, no, yeah, this is Buffy's yearbook, supposedly. Um, and so inside here, it is literally written as if it is, I think, because this here's the logo that they actually used for her graduation. She graduated in 99. So there's all these different, I think, 
Oh, well, this is a trading card. <laughs> but this is yeah, exactly. incredibly well done. Yeah, exactly. It's all written as if it's a real thing. And they talk about in, inside here all the different things that were part of the thing. There's Computer Club, like all references to episodes for the episode. There's, there's, the, uh, there's some glossy pages in the middle because, you know. They... What? Yeah. And so like, everything is written as if it's an actual high school yearbook with all these shots from the show and references and jokes and, and well, there's more. Oh, there's Kendra. Well, even though she wasn't technically a student there. Of course, neither was Drusilla. <laughs> they got to put some fan stuff in there, too. Uh, but yeah, but for the rest of it, yeah, it's really cool. So, so yeah, so it was the 25th anniversary of that. And obviously, nobody's making a really big deal of it right now because it's really hard to talk about their show when you can't oh, talk about yeah. the creator. Because it turns out that one of the guys that I really uh, looked up to uh, as, a, as a budding writer turns out to be not that great of a guy. How so do uh, we're all, yeah. all of us as Buffy fans, and we still, we still love the show because it's not one guy. This is the thing. Like, with a movie, you know, like it, when, you know, uh, there's certain writer-directors out there who very much put themselves out there and then uh, they, they still keep making movies and you have to kind of go, are you still working with them? A lot of people contributed to Buffy, to any of these television shows, but there's a lot of creative people behind the scenes. It wasn't written and directed by one guy. There's a whole team. But it's like we're all in this in this state where like this was a show that meant a lot to us, and and and, uh, and but yet it's hard to talk about without talking about the the uh, the, bad, the bad stuff as well. So we're all celebrating at the same time. We have to do it quietly because you know you don't want to take be the person uh, defending someone who's done uh, pretty awful things. So well, I I was uh, two things. Never seen an episode of this. I've never. I missed this entirely. Yeah, yeah I, I, mean, I was. It was. I don't know. What it was, I was on doing. the WB at the time. It that was, was a maybe mid-season it. replacement. I mean, like that's the thing that came out, and it was one of the. It was sort of the first cult, and it was one of the first shows that built an online following because uh, that was. It came out at the time of the message boards, so the writers and performers would actually go on to the message boards after the episodes, like, "Hey guys, what'd you think?" And they could actually have that sort of casual interaction. There was. Right. The, they had boards and stuff back in the days before we got to social media, um, so it sort of built a real cult following, and. and I mean, I've, I've met a bunch of the, every actor I've met from the show, and I've met a bunch of them have been fantastic. Like, I have not met any, I've, I've met some divas <laughs> over the course of uh, the uh, cons, and every Buffy person has been great. Uh, even in the smallest roles, uh, they, they were they were grateful to be on there. So, uh, yeah, it's, it was, it's using, so it's it's all of us, uh, so I, I, you fans out there, I am also quietly celebrating the, this major uh, milestone, but, you know, yeah. With a little bit of sadness. Well. I, I think at some point, though, we are going to have to probably come to grips with how do you celebrate yep. the work and not the and not the creator. Yep, that's 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 where we're we're sort of yeah. at this point. And, and Sarah Michelle yeah. Gallery has done a nice job of that too. She posted a really nice thing saying how how much yeah. the character meant to her, how much it like she knows yeah. that on her tombstone there's going to be a stake, you know, and have to come to terms with the fact that uh, the, you know the person that put it in your hand was great. All right. So, um, so I, I, I have many, many books, but I won't be bringing them all in. <laughs> this is the one I picked for this moment. So I have a new. Um, so I thought I would I would end up on on this today. Ah, okay. So this is a. a oh, I just saw this. It came up in an ad for me. So I'm gonna first of all just show what this is. This is a uh, a bit of like a, what is it a flat book? Mm -hmm. um, you know, designed for like young children and yep, stuff. Yep. It's a series of books. Mm -hmm. In a nice little slipcover case. These all deal with feelings, and I actually thought this was neat. Each cover oh, has different the whole, art. Different art. And not only is it different art, 
It's different oh, characters on the other side. That is neat. So they've done a really nice job with yeah. this. And we've had, um, I know we had, our daughter grew up, there was a series of books that were really popular in the 80s that my wife had mm -hmm. that were like these. They really talked about emotions. Like what, you know, what do you do when you feel this way? <laughs> this is obviously. You turn into a panda. You, well, or something. <laughs> uh, you know, basically dealing with not only this, these emotions, but in a very candid way saying, look, you know, you can talk about this stuff. I have some coworkers who could use these books. Is that, oh. They don't watch the show, do they? Yeah. No. No. Uh, no. So, uh, so, so here you go. You've got this book. This is obviously based from the property of the new movie Turning Red yep. from Pixar yep. uh, on Disney+. Plus. Mm -hmm. Watched it over the weekend. Absolutely yeah, loved it. Yeah. It, it, in fact, I will say it is my favorite Pixar movie since Coco. Okay. Which I mean, that. if you think about all the movies since Coco, right? Yeah, it's been interesting in that it has it has uh, created a lot of debate and yeah. controversy. Yeah, over the subject matter. This mm -hmm. is basically based on a thirteen-year-old girl who uh, is basically going through a lot of things in her life in terms yeah. of emotion, puberty. Where it implied the onset of puberty. There's a lot of this stuff going on. Uh, there was, I think, there was some talk about this. Um, review that was made yeah, yeah. that basically somebody had watched this a reviewer uh, who maybe looks like us and basically <laughs> said I, I didn't get anything out of this this was not very funny uh, it's a movie because I, I, I don't relate to any of this and I will say this I, I, my, my point on the movie is not only is it the best movie Pixar I think has done since Coco mm -hmm. I laughed out loud crying laughing at least half a dozen times and on things that like you wouldn't my daughter and I both, we watched, all watched it together. Yeah. Absolutely enjoyed it, loved it. Not just, and, and not even just because of the, uh, the Asian, cult, the cultural connections that it had to it. Yeah. That we could understand, but you could apply this to anything. And I, and I like using the Coco comparison yeah. because yeah. Coco has its own cultural comparisons that right. maybe you're not familiar with, those, with those, those things that people have done or holidays or things that people you know, hold dear. Yeah. I just thought this was fantastic. I very much enjoyed the movie. I would totally, I think anyone with young children should watch it. I will say that the things that might deal with, let's say for things that deal with puberty, mm -hmm. they are handled in a way that is so fleeting, you really have to pay attention to what's happening. Yeah. A young kid is not gonna, whatever. And here's my last point I would make about any of these things. If it helps to spurn a conversation, a healthy conversation about life mm. with parents, I never think that's a bad idea. This was great. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. I, I saw it as well. We watched, the whole family watched it. Uh, we had we had our Govi light turned on the whole time, which you can see some of the background. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was going into overdrive. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. Because it, it, it was a very very comfortable. And I agree with you. I think that it was one of the best things that Pixar had done. Like I, I sort of I, we we talked on, on numerous things about how sort of some of the Pixar stuff has sort of left us cold. And my thing is like, okay, it's about a 13 year old. Um, Chinese Canadian, right. uh, you know, growing up in the '90s, and it's like, oh, I, I, I don't know how to relate to that. Can you relate to a car? Well, <laughs> because there were three movies about cars, and you didn't seem to have a problem with that. Yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought it, I thought it was uh, really emotionally resonant, and it was. Uh, I really liked it. I liked it more than Encanto. Uh, and I liked it more than Soul. I mean, like I, I think it was great because we're still in our house. We're still arguing about Encanto because 
I don't understand how your magic system works. And so there, <laughs> we still have debates. Like, is that we have, well, maybe it was, and it'll start the whole thing again. It's like, right. yeah, but, um, uh, but this, I thought, had a really, they had a very well-established sort of mythology. Like, they, they had their rules, and they, they told you what they were. And so by the time you get to the end, you're like, all right, I'm 100% understanding what's going on. Like, oh, I get yeah. it. I'm, I'm with you on stuff. And it's like, and you can get into the whole metaphor about what it is, but like, no, it's sometimes, sometimes it is just about a giant panda attacking the city. <laughs> or, or, or several. <laughs> or several. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I re- yeah, we all really, really enjoyed it uh, and I had a great time doing it. And uh, uh, my, uh, my youngest uh, eight-year-old wants to all the music now. She's like, I think I'm a fan of that band. I can't remember what the name of the band is. The, I, oh, oh, for something. For yeah. Town? Yeah, yeah. For Town? Yeah. Yeah, she like, wants to hear all the songs. I'm like, hmm, yeah, we don't own the soundtrack. Sorry. That's not on Apple Music? I think it's on Apple Music. Oh, okay. Okay, sorry. Uh, the one thing I... You know, it, was, it was good. Oh, I, I like yeah, that. I like right them. there. Yeah. I like... Oh, yeah. Right on the thing in front of us. Um, <laughs> I, I do like that they took that as, as being their um, musical sort of motif. You know, like they right. basically took the boy band thing and had that. As, that's what's playing through the whole thing. So, yeah. It was great. And also, it's great to see uh, supportive friends. Yes. You know, like a lot of times you don't get to see that. And I think so. Like there's these, her f- three friends are really, really nice to her and helpful. And like they all support each other and stuff. And that was great just seeing those all together. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. And you know, even if you get into the, well, and I think it also talks about parental relationships with their children. Yep. I and mean, it gets into yep. that. Yep. Expectations uh, and. Exactly. Yep. Uh, no, there's, there's, it, it's absolutely worth seeing. Yep. Um, Domi Shi, who is the director, mm, yeah. the, uh, she was the one behind uh, Bao, which oh, was yeah, yeah. The, 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 the short, shorts with the dumpling. With the, with the dumpling, which I love. And you know what? I actually remember there was controversies about that when that even came out because people didn't understand the metaphor. Mm-hmm. They didn't, and and yeah. it's like, okay, you know what? I, if you're Pixar, I think you should be happy to hear that there you are, you are breaking new ground you are pushing the envelope of what people can understand and the stories that they can tell. I can't speak highly enough about it. Yeah. It's yeah. Fantastic. That is, and it's gorgeous. Oh. Like, I mean, it's, yes. it looks, yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're visual things. Okay. This is, last, this is the last one? Last one. Okay. All right. So, uh, as, as we've established here, if you've been watching since the beginning, one of the things I love is things that look like they were from the movies they're in, like the pager. I think that's awesome. I love having a thing in my hand that's just like the thing in the hand. So this was something that actually came from Disney Movie Rewards. So very rarely, I have, I have so many points to Disney Movie Rewards because all the movies I bought all the years, because the, the rewards they put on are not, not fantastic a lot of the times, but every once in a while, something really cool will come to land. So this came years and years and years ago. Um, and it actually came from Master Replicas, which I, I tried to find more information on. They're actually still in business. They just, uh, their website is barked. So Wait, guys, I am uh, so curious about what this is. Yeah, so this was something that came from Master Replicas that I was, as soon as I saw it, like the, the day I'm like, I have to have it. And I used I don't know, 2,000 points or whatever to get it uh, because um, uh, it, it, it needed to be had. So this is the key from Pirates of the Caribbean. Dead Man's Chest. That is the Whoa. Davy Jones key, and you can feel it's metal. Oh, it's metal. Yeah, like they were. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That that yeah. sounds like metal. That so, yeah, is. So isn't that is is actual like like you know exact replica because that's what Master Replicas does of the one they actually used in the movie. What? I know. 
And it actually looks at it. So this was obviously this was the key that they used to open the, the chest that had Davy Jones' heart in it. And then, of course, many other things, too, because antics ensued or whatever, too. But, like, I, I, this is one of the coolest things. And nothing else they, they really came out with from that set was as interesting. Like, they never really did a compass that was that. Really, oh, but they like, could have. Yeah, they could have, exactly. And oh, they I, could they, have. And, uh, I, and I haven't really found anything else that I had thought was cool. But, like, and say, I mean, I love the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, um, uh, the first one especially. Uh, but, yeah, so another another thing to talk about problematic people. But, <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> but, once again, a lot of people, and I think, right. yeah, I love, I, it's just that, because, I mean, you can wear it on your neck, you can have it. But wow! Isn't that great? I love this. It's uh, one of my favorite. One of my favorite little prop replicas. When was this available? Treasure box. Uh, at when the movie came out. So two thousand eight. Oh, I think it was. okay. Like right around there. Okay. So like I, I even went online and like you can there are you, they don't make them anymore. Obviously oh, they only yeah. made them for the time there too. You can they're on eBay and that kind of stuff. But yeah, they don't actually have them like something they make normally. And I don't think it was available like in stores like in in terms of like the Disney store exclusive. Yeah. Or that kind of stuff. It was like just from them or whatever. But. Yeah, I love it. It's one of my favorite little pieces. Uh, Master Replicas mm -hmm. uh, inherited, they were only the second official licensee for props from Star Wars. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. They did because their big thing was um, lightsabers. Lightsabers. Yeah. So they did that. The Icons was the original one, the first one to get it. Then they it moved to Master Replicas. Master Replicas built their entire business. You don't get that yeah. without them doing lightsabers. Right, exactly. So they, this was sort of like a side thing for them. And then. They expanded probably too much, which happens to a lot of these yeah, stories. There's yeah. a lot of things. They lost the license. It's been yeah, toyed even, around. Even yeah, Hot Toys. Does so wait, is there, there is a new Pirates of the Caribbean movie? There is, in, in the works. Yes, in development. Like it's, it's going to star uh, Karen Gillan. So Karen Gillan from um, oh. Guardians of the Galaxy. And, you know, and, and, and of course, the biggest film of all time, um, Endgame. Uh, and so she is going to be the lead, and that's pretty much all we know. Like they have not said. Really, they have not. Said, it's it's in it's it's so they've signed a star. I assume there's a director and stuff too. I just I, they they're not talking a lot about it. So I assume it's being developed and it's happening. We just don't not gonna know about it until it's much further along the line. So I, I think I think it's 2024. It's supposed to come out, and at this point they have not said wow. whether it's a total reboot or it's in the universe. So they're 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 playing very coy about it right well, now. Well, you know what? I kind of hope they do it in the universe, and I hope they do it like a hundred year time leap. And just Except do that. The Age of Piracy didn't last, a, you know, a huge amount of time. So I don't know if a hundred years might be. It might be in like the eighteen eighties. Still or so. make that work. Okay, there was a place where crab sand lived. I mean, we do whatever we want to. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would agree. I would rather have it. Uh, in the in like as we were discussing prequel, requel, all that kind of you know stuff to have it still on there, as opposed to like Tom Cruise's The Mummy, where they're just like, look, a prop from that movie, and now back to our movie. Yeah, you know, to actually have it be that they're oh, I can see they, them doing that. That they talked about the history that all this stuff happens, but you know now, um, you know, Will Turner is now like has got back on land, has life lived, and then the, uh, there's the kid was in the other one and has lived their life and. You know, all those, essentially all those pirates and stuff are gone. This is Will Turner's grand, great-granddaughter, granddaughter. No, see, that's still 100 mm. years. You can do whatever. Yeah, do whatever I you want to no, do. Well, I don't, it's like, I, I'm, I'm, and I, I, just as, a, as my own personal thing, I don't really like connections by blood. Like, I don't want to no, know about true. your grandkids and grandkids. Oh, because we know then, what happened the last time into, did Then that. you get into midichlorian nonsense. Okay, no, or cloning and, you know, nobody wants that. Um, 
good stuff today. A bit of a downer, but you no, know what? Sure, but, you celebration. Know, celebration of life. Like we like the, the these people who meant a lot to us and they and their stuff and their work lives on. Absolutely. So you can find your favorite performances and things on on YouTube and you know and support them. Check all that out. Uh Watch Turning Red. Yep, Turning Red is out there. Maybe watch some wrestling. Yep, watch the Adam Project out there. It's, it's still worth watching. You know, it's if I'll you, have to see that. Yeah, if you, you know, so if you, it's a time travel fun and family adventure thing, and it does all that stuff. I, I just have you know high standards. I'm told. <laughs> and with that, <laughs> and, yet, and yet look at when I make something uh, okay. right. Uh, have some random fun. Uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Ten random things. Uh, watch some previous episodes. Mm -hmm. Do all the stuff. We'll see you soon. Take care, everybody.